Welcome, everybody, to Big Ten Football and Beyond, and certainly some big news around the world of college football. Um, signing day is today on Wednesday. Um, something that I thought was going to happen uh, a while back happened yesterday, and that's Mark D'Antonio stepping down at Michigan State. going to get into that, how it played out, and why it played out the way it did. I know people were, quote-unquote, shocked and bombshell. It really wasn't. There's a reason for it. And like it or not, there's a reason for the timing. We're going to get into that. We are certainly um, going to get in uh, a lot of information around signing day and and basically what's next for Michigan State. Um, uh, Take a look at uh, some of the news around the transfer portal. Um, just a lot of big news going on around the world of college football. And it really all starts with uh, signing day. And uh, as you are listening to this podcast, signing day has begun, and we're going to start to hear some names that are remaining and where they're going to go around the country. We're going to get to that in just a jiffy. Reminder that this podcast is brought to you by our great folks at 401k Generation. If you've got any questions on financial investment matters, be it a 401k, an IRA, anything, meeting your financial goals, anything on money management, we've got it covered for you. Over at 401k Generation, Eddie Rojas and his team has it covered for you, to be more exact. You can reach him by text or phone at 1-866-998-5879. They're licensed in all 50 states. So check them out today. Tell them we sent you. And a reminder that if you've got a business that you'd like to promote, we'd like to help you. Give us a call. Actually, give us an email buzz. LandryFootball.com. Contact Chris, and I'll have TJ get in touch with you. And to catch this podcast, you want to go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And sign up for Landry Football's conference call. That's where you're going to find all five conference podcasts as we do break down college football each and every day. We focus on the back half of the show every day in a feature. That's why we call it Big Ten and Beyond. We're going to talk beyond the Big Ten. We're beyond the SEC, beyond the ACC, beyond the Big 12, beyond the Pac-12. So why you want to listen to it every day? We've got some good questions. Peter's got some Syracuse questions I'm going to get to um, here in a second. And, again, you say, well, Syracuse, they're not in the Big Ten. They're in the ACC. That's right. We're going to cover it. Got a question. We're going to address it, and we're going to do it uh, at the top. So you want to listen to the top of the podcast, even if you're not a big fan of the Big Ten. But want to get into the Mark D'Antonio situation. Uh, it is something I have talked about ad nauseum. I didn't think he was coming back. I've known Mark for a long time. I I knew that there was going to be an issue, that this past season was going to be a pivotal one. Last offseason, there is a reaction to an awful offensive performance and being so loyal with his staff as he is. He did not want to make changes on his staff. Instead, change roles on the staff, moving guys from one side of the ball to the other. It didn't work. The offense was putrid again this year. And I knew that it was something that 
was going to come to a head because for him to stay, he was going to, A, have to make changes on his staff, which we've not seen them do. And I knew that on top of having to make changes that he did not want to make out of loyalty at this stage of his career. It's not something you really wanted to do. And you throw on the fact that there's been a lot of upheaval in that program, on that that campus, the whole Larry Nassar situation. But the more recent situation where it is looking like he's going to be deposed, maybe as early as March. I don't know if that's going to go through or not on a situation where he basically brought a kid on campus that's been involved in domestic violence. When you throw that negativity PR spin or the, just the negative, I said that wrong. When you throw the light on something that bad on top of what happened with the whole Larry Nasser situation, it's just it's just been a mess. It's been massive changes on that campus. It's just the whole issue was no way Mark's coming back. Now, I was aware that he had a retention bonus in January. That basically, if he was still the head coach on January 15th, that the retention bonus, I believe, goes to him on March 1st. So my thought was that they would make a decision to just part ways. He'd get his money, and they would make a decision for him to retire. Sometimes in the normal cycle where coaches retire and move on. Um, You know, December. It's normally when you see that stuff take place. Well, the, the problem was, and this is why it didn't play out that way, there was certainly a faction that wanted Mark to receive his money, believed that he earned it, believed that he's done an awful lot for Michigan State football, believed that he's been the best coach that they've had well, since Duffy Doherty, and some would say the best in their history. And I know it's not an illustrious history, but it's a good one. And they've been relevant. They've made the national playoffs. And I know they didn't perform well once they got there. But they've been really good under Mark D'Antonio. Not as of late, but they've been really good overall. And I think they are appreciative of it. Some, though, in that administration and that board felt like, no, don't want him to get that money, we should make a move. So there's this internal fight. So basically, (laughs) they just told him, just stay until, you know, we're not. There was not enough clout for the people that didn't want to pay him off to force an out-and-out firing. So basically, they just said, fine, just, just stay there. You know, just retire after January 15th and you get your money. We don't have any internal strife and then we move on. So much to the point that a lot has been in play with the understanding that he wasn't going to be back. I I didn't hear anything, but I sensed it that he wasn't going to be back and I've sensed it since November. I know he 
declined it and all that because it's what you do. You have early signing day. You're trying to do the best that you can. And you can always go under the assumption, well, after talking about it, thinking about it more with my family, this is what we decided to do. This was decided before. Um, this has been decided. This was the plan, and this is how it played out. They didn't, you know, you say, well, why are they doing it now? And I'm a little bit perplexed as to why they announced it the day before February signing day and not maybe a few days later, like next week. <clears throat> That's a little bit off in my mind, but there's probably a reason for that as well that's going to come to light. But what it really came down to was they didn't want to do it so soon after January 15th to make it obvious. You know, you get your bonus if you're the head coach still on January 15th and then you retire on January 16th. Then you become in a situation where if you got somebody that got a wirehead to say we're going to go and fight this legally, oh, you see, he waited, makes it all look good that we're here, it's February 4th, makes the decision, he gets his money, we move on, and he doesn't have to make uncomfortable moves. If he gets deposed, he's not going to get deposed as the head coach of Michigan State. It kind of fits better way to move on and that's that I know that they have been back channel conversations with Luke Fickle I believe he's going to be the next head coach at Michigan State I think he'd be a great hire for him for them I don't know of any reason why it won't work out, although I've been around enough to know that things can happen. Uh, so I think we're going to see a little bit of a domino effect with likely him bringing the majority of his staff with him, uh, with maybe a purging here and there of some certain people. But Luke has certainly done a great job at Cincinnati. Um Ironically, it's where Mark came from. He's a bright young coach, ready to be a head coach in the Big Ten again. Remember, he got thrust into interim role at Ohio State. I think he's a much better coach. I think it'd be a good hire. I, I don't know that <clears throat> Pat Narducci is the timing's right for him, and I don't think Matt Campbell is willing to make that move. So I think it's going to be Luke Fickle unless something breaks down in those conversations. Now, let me say this. It it does bring about, does this affect anything in recruiting? Um, anything on this class for Michigan State. How about Cincinnati? Cincinnati got a commitment from the best quarterback that's ever committed to a group of five schools. Evan Prater, 6'5", 190. He's a top 50 player in this 2020 class. He's the second-best dual-threat guy. He's a program changer. 
He's the third highest rated prospect ever to go to a G5 school. Only Ed Oliver and Deontay Greenberry been rated as higher, higher. He's from the Cincinnati area. His brother Garen currently plays for Cincinnati. So he's got a connection. Does this change him? Maybe not due to his deep Cincinnati roots. But with Luke Fickle leaving, could it have an effect with Cincinnati's recruiting? Again, the announcement, you know, maybe it's a little bit of we couldn't do this before the December signing day announce it. But just to be fair, we'll announce it out of fairness to any kids with the understanding that a kid may want to transfer anyway. Um, maybe it's just a way to say, look, if you've, you want an out, we're going to be out front and let you know now. So listen, that's kind of how that played out. It's not a surprise, only a surprise, maybe when it happened, why it didn't happen a week earlier, a week later. Um, you know, when the retention bonus news came out, that explained why this didn't happen in December, because, Trust me, if the retention bonus was, say, on December 1st or December 15th, let's say, I think we'd have had an an announcement prior to Christmas that he wasn't going to be there. So that's kind of how I see it. Um, Some other news, recruiting news. Maryland has received a verbal. Well, first of all, let me get into a couple of things before I get into more Big Ten discussions. Big news tomorrow that we're going to be following, and we're going to have it for you at LandryFootball.com, keeping you up to date on who's doing what, who's going where. And this is what we want you to look out for. Um, I want to get my little list of when they're doing what. Um, Jordan Birch is deciding between – LSU and South Carolina. Uh, We shall see what he decides. I I do think it's likely that he's going to stay home. But LSU feels good about their chances. We'll we'll see. Now, a little bit of a schedule of announcements tomorrow, at least when they're scheduled to announce. Uh, Ennis uh, Rakestraw, three-star out of Duncanville, Texas, corner, um, Alabama, Texas, Missouri. Savion Williams, and that's going to be at 9 a.m., 9.30. Savion Williams, the wide receiver from Marshall, Texas, Arkansas, SMU, TCU. At 9.30, um, Tykeese Crawford, the big offensive tackle from Carthage, Texas, 6'7", 3'10", Arkansas, LSU, A&M. Cavante uh, Dixon from Carthage, Texas, also at 9.30. Texas and Arkansas, he will decide. D.J. Dundee, um, for our Florida State fans. Florida State, Georgia, Virginia Tech for the very good athlete from Osceola, Georgia. Um, Ja'Kerry Caldwell from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Tall, angular receiver, 6'4", 195. 10 a.m., Sided between the Gamecocks, the Tennessee Vols, as Jeremy Pruitt trying to make some inroads. More on him in a second. Darvin Hubbard from Surprise, Arizona, Willow Canyon High School. 10 a.m., 
Texas A&M, Purdue. Uh, 10 a.m., Broderick Jones, where he's going to announce he's going to Georgia. That's all but done. McKinley Jackson uh, at 10 a.m. Texas A&M, Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn. Uh, Marcus Henderson, the offensive guard from um, University School in Memphis. 10.30, Arkansas, Ole Miss, he'll decide. Cedric Van Pran from Warren Eastern High School in New Orleans going to announce the outstanding young center that he's going to go to Georgia over LSU in Florida. Avante Williams from DeLand, Florida, is going to announce that he's going to Florida. Miami still thinks they've got a shot, think he's going to Florida. That'll be uh, at 12.30. Jordan Birch at 1 o'clock is going to decide where he's headed. See the South Carolina or LSU. Don't think Georgia's in it. Um, at 3 p.m., Donovan Kaufman from Romo High School in Metairie, Louisiana, 5'11", 192, a safety, committed to Vanderbilt. Could Ole Miss flip him? Be interesting to see 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock also, uh, Devontae Brown, a very underrated player from Northwood High School in Shreveport, Houston, and Texas San Antonio for that young lad at receiver. Malik Hornsby from Fort Bend Marshall uh, in Missouri uh, City, Texas, Arkansas, Purdue, Baylor. For that young man, 3 o'clock we'll know. Jason Jones at 3 o'clock is likely going to go to Alabama, the big defensive tackle from Calera, Alabama. Oregon's in it, but I think he's headed to Alabama. Jalen St. John from Trinity Catholic in St. Louis at 3 o'clock. Arkansas, Missouri is where he is currently deciding. Uh, Princely, uh, Umanalan from Maynard, Texas. Big strong side defensive end, very athletic guy. 320, Baylor, Florida, Texas A&M, Auburn, and Alfred Collins from Cedar Creek in Bastrop, Texas. Another defensive end at 350, Texas and Oklahoma. So those are the ones we're watching the most. There are other news, certainly, but those are the ones that we're mostly closely got our eyes on. Um, I'm trying to think. Zach Evans, the storyline on him is going to continue. I don't see him announcing anywhere. In fact, I think he's going to visit Florida in March. That's my guess. Uh, I do think that it's Ole Miss and Tennessee, but I do think Florida's in the mix. I think a and still in the mix. Uh, let's see, I mentioned um, uh, uh, Avante Williams with Florida. Did I mention McKinley Jackson um, from um, Lusto? I, I, I think, listen, I think it's A&M and, and uh, Alabama. Alfred Collins, um, defensive end, I think, is headed to Texas. Jamar Gibbs uh, is, I think, going to stay at the Georgia products, going to stay at Georgia Tech. Malachi Weidman, um, going to be interesting. Committed to Florida State. I don't think he's going to um, end up going to Florida State. I think it's Tennessee or Ole Miss. We'll see if the, the Knowles can hold on to him. Ashad Clayton uh, has expected – uh, the Warren Easton High School product is going to go to Colorado. So those those are some projections and things that I'm watching uh, on signing day, and we want to get you um, ready for that. All right, I'm going to answer some questions, then we're going to get into some Big Ten discussions, a little bit more about what's going on in recruiting and in the transfer world. <clears throat> Peter, good friend Peter, good member of LandryFootball.com, and again, 
great time to come on board at LandryFootball.com with our scouting season sale. Folks, if you want a breakdown of all of these players in the country, you know where they're going. You want to know more about them, what your team is getting. We've got all of that at LandryFootball.com. We've got them graded, the blue grades, the high reds, and the, and the, the uh, low reds. Got it all for you there. We've even got class of 2021, top players in the country, top 100. Going to expand upon that, going to take you all the way around the country, state by state. So you'll want to be on LandryFootball.com for all the recruiting information that gets you prepared to know these players and not just, well, they're five-star, they're four-star. There's need to know about what makes them that. And uh, so we got the, all that covered for you. Um, so check it out. Peter's a good member. Peter's a big Syracuse fan. And um, he's got a question. First, about the defensive coordinator open. Um, and as you know, Zach Arnett, Peter knows this for, to remind everyone out there, Zach Arnett took the job. He in the changeover at San Diego State. He left to go to Syracuse. Uh, was there. Um, didn't even get the hotel bed um, slept in for more than a couple of days before he ended up going to Mississippi State with Mike Leach. Um, I think there's – I can understand some growing concern about why they haven't Hire the guy. Well, there's not someone that is like clearly the guy that they want. I think there's some guys that um, that Dino likes. Look, it's it's a good job, but it's not they can just snap their finger and get anybody type of job. And Peter knows that. And I think people that follow Syracuse, it's a really good program, but finding the right fit's important. I do think he's got some guys that he's. I know he's talked to some people. And I know that he's got a few guys that he likes that I think we're going to see once we get signing data bet. See, I think there's somebody at least he thinks he can get, but it's going to be better if they can do it after signing day. So we'll see where this plays out. Look, I, I think a couple of guys <clears throat> to keep an eye out on that may make some sense. Charlie Partridge is over there at Pitt. He's the D-line coach. He's not a sitting defensive coordinator, but he served in that role at Wisconsin. Um, he also was the head coach at FAU. He's been at Pitt since 2017, and so he's got some ties in the Northeast and Midwest. Um, and I think, to me, he would be a good fit. I don't know that Charlie Strong is realistic or – He's certainly a good coach, and it would be a great get. I don't know that, um, and I think that just schematically what he likes to run, what makes I just don't know that he's inclined. If Dino could convince him, it would be great. Uh, Dave Huxtable, who was at NC State, former defensive coordinator. Um, he's got defense coordinator experience for um, ACC programs like Tech and Pitt in North Carolina. Um Marcus Freeman, who we're going to see what happens there. He's the defensive coordinator and linebacker coach at Cincinnati. Um, where does Cincinnati go? Does Marcus go with Luke Fickle to Michigan State if that does take place? Don't know. Clayton White at Western Kentucky 
is another guy. He's a defense coordinator there. He's a um, good young coach. He's been at Connecticut and Stanford, played in the NFL. Um, he's a rising young coach. You know, he's a little bit of an up-and-comer. Um, not the most experienced guy, but he can be successful. Right in the region, Brian Borland. He's right there at Buffalo. He's been on Lance Leopold's staff since 07. Both were at Wisconsin Whitewater together. So I don't know that he's going to leave there, but, you know, um, he's a good coach. And I think Jeff Knowles at Temple would be a great get for him. See, linebacker coach and defense coordinator there. Those are some guys that I think would be really good fits if Dino could get. Any one of those guys I think would be great fits. Uh, Peter also asked about two of Syracuse's commitments. And by the way, as signing day is wrapped up, we're going to have for you a school-by-school recap and breakdown of how their class is shaped up. Peter asked about Dylan Markowitz. Actually, said he asked about uh, yeah, he asked about the quarterbacks at Texas and Mississippi. So that would be Dylan Markowitz from McKinney, Texas, North High School, six four two fifteen. I have looked at him, got notes up on him on Landry football, but he's a pocket guy. You know, he can move, but he's not special athletically. He's got a decent arm. Not crazy about his release or his natural arm strength, but his footwork's not really good, and that certainly can improve his ball velocity. High school coach there likes him a lot. Um, I can tell you that Sterling Gilbert looked at both of these guys and liked him. Sterling Gilbert is the new offensive coordinator there um, at Syracuse and likes him. Uh, He likes uh, the Jacobin Morgan from Canton, Mississippi, a little bit better. You know, the other schools recruiting them, quite frankly, are Jackson State and Austin P. So this is something that they kind of like, a diamond in the rough. He's a big kid. I have seen film on him. He's got a strong arm. They say he's smart. Um, he's got decent speed and strength. So um, both are projects. Both are not early contributors. Both are guys that, uh, you know, hopefully they, uh, they can get something out of them and develop from uh, – those guys. So we'll see how that plays out. Peter, thank you for those questions. And um, folks, if you've got a question, make sure you send it. Go to LandryFootball.com, hit contact Chris, and tell me where you want to address it. Hopefully, Peter, that you're able to listen to this. If not, I'll hold on to it. And if you want, I will get back to it again. We've got this details on LandryFootball.com, but I can uh, mention it again on the ACC podcast next week. But Uh, Again, um, hopefully you're listening today as we like to address it on the top. So let's get into some Big Ten discussions. So I was mentioning a little earlier, Maryland has received a verbal commitment from three-star defensive end in the 2021 class. Yeah, there are more news in the 2021 class now as most of recruiting is put to bed for the 2020 class. Shockley is one of Maryland's uh, Maryland's first uh, 2021 commitments. uh, he committed Saturday. He's the sixth recruit for the 2021 class. Is a long, athletic, 6'4", 230-pounder. Can add some weight. Nebraska, Baylor, Arizona State, and Rutgers. Who they beat out for him. Minnesota got a verbal from a three-star tight end in the 2021 class, Jamison Gears, 6'4", 223. Beat out Iowa, Northwestern, Wisconsin. 
um, from New Lenox, Illinois. Uh, really good hands. Um, he can get stronger and better in his blocking game, but it's a bigger factor. Uh, he's one of the top, bigger factor in the pass game at this point. He's a top 15 player in the state of Illinois for 2021. So really good get for the Gophers. Um, uncommitted three-star 2020 defensive end, Tanoa Tuagi, deciding between Kansas State, Utah, Nebraska, and Washington. So we've got one Big Ten team, Nebraska, right there. 66295. He's taken official visits to all four. He recently headed out to Washington this past weekend. Uh, Washington's a little bit late into the fray. They just offered him. He's from Idaho. Um, obviously, it's connection with Washington. It's connection with Utah, and it's connection with Kansas State, where Chris Kleiman has got a background for all those years at North Dakota State. But this is a guy that Nebraska really could use. Um, he's certainly one of the best players in the Northwest and a really good interior defensive lineman with a lot of size and a lot of strength. Uncommitted four-star tackle. Um, James Pergoric. We mentioned um, that Michigan was in the mix, but not so much. Um, Stanford was able to get him. The Virginia product was considering Virginia, Stanford, and Michigan in his finals. And Ohio State received a verbal from four-star 2021 Michael Hall, made an official visit to Ohio State in November, and really um, he liked Auburn, he liked Georgia, he liked LSU. It's one of the top 20 defensive tackles in the 21, 2021 class. Really good get for the Buckeyes. <clears throat> Woods knew there. They are dominant. A couple of um, – Things that jump out at me uh, in the transfer news. Let's see. D.J. Brown, the redshirt junior from Penn State, has entered the transfer portal. Minnesota, it, it, he he only saw game action in seven games last year. Struggled to find a lot of playing time. So he's he's can graduate and get an, an early transfer. Uh, Minnesota redshirt senior Keandre Thomas has also entered the portal. Played in 32 games over the past three seasons for the Gophers. Uh, starting 10. Uh, but he was surpassed on the depth chart by Coney Durr and Benjamin St. Just. Um, relegated him to the slot and backup corner duty. So he's going to be immediately eligible to play wherever he decides to go. Cincinnati senior receiver Javon Hawes has entered the transfer portal. He didn't make a catch this past year for him. Six feet, 196 pounds. Um, he can play immediately as a graduate. Notre Dame redshirt senior linebacker Jonathan Jones. He's transferred to Toledo. Remember, we talk a little bit in the region. So Toledo, we talk a lot of Notre Dame in the ACC, but um, sometimes here as well. Jones uh, initially signed with Notre Dame as a three-star in the 16 class. Played in 36 games. Um, works mostly on special teams. He's going to be a um, senior. He decided to transfer in December, headed to um, Toledo now. Um some coaching news I wanted to get into. Uh, Penn State's hired Western Illinois offensive line coach uh, and co-offensive coordinator Ty Howell to serve as the offensive analyst. Bit of a homecoming. He played center for the Nits in 09-13. And he went on to work at NC State as a GA, then Western Illinois, and now back to um, to Penn State. Now the main focus on campus, main focus in the football program, I should say, is filling out the 
open defensive line coaching position. Elijah Robinson was their first target, Texas A&M. Uh, he's going to stay. Um, uh, you know, I, he spent four years there and, you know, obviously spent time under Matt Rule. Keep an eye out on Lemansky Hall, Clemson, who, by the way, I drafted um, out of Alabama. He's a possibility there. He coaches the defensive ends at Clemson. Andrew Jackson, defensive line coach at Old Dominion. Jerry Montgomery of the Packers. Um, Eli Rashid, defensive line coach at Iowa State. Walter Stewart, I like a lot at Temple. He coaches uh, defensive line there. Mike Dawson at Nebraska. Chris Ashoff of the Cardinals. Um, E.J. Whitlow, uh, Miami of Ohio. Uh, Julian Campanini at Bowling Green. Those are some names that... I think they have some level of interest in. Again, as we get signing day done, uh, that will likely be handled here in the next week or so. Wisconsin over this past week, gosh, about a week ago, extended Paul Chris a new five-year contract through January 31st, 2025. Just a little one-year extension here. Done a good job, 52-16, and 34-10 in the Big Ten over the course of five seasons. Um He's done a really good job. Four and one in bowl play. Um, not won the outright Big Ten champion. Not run a playoff berth. I don't think that's the expectation or should be the expectation at Wisconsin. Guy's done a really good job. Speaking of Wisconsin, their game against Notre Dame. It's going to be a night game on October 3rd. It's going to be played in Lambeau Field. And then they're going to have a return game in 2021. That's going to be on September 25th of 2021. The game's going to be in Soldier Field. Now, I don't know if you heard about this, but the Big Ten has proposed legislation for a one-time transfer exemption across all sports, which would allow an immediate eligibility with players' first transfer. So, um, look, I mean, it, it's – I don't know. It's one thing to discuss. I don't know that this is going to – Go forward. The transfer ruling situation is one that is a little complex. It is was not given enough forethought into how to deal with it. I'm all for kids getting a chance, moving on. But I think there needs to be a little bit of a stiffer uh, rule about transferring. I, I think that if you graduate, that's fine. I think in terms of just you fall behind the depth chart, I'm going to leave. Listen, I'm old school. The grass is not always greener. And I think we're teaching guys when the tough get tough, when the going gets tough, you leave and go where it's easier. That's not what you want to do. I think we need to get a wrap around it. Uh, finally, is obviously we've got recruiting and signing day, and we're going to recap that. <clears throat> Spend a good bit of time in the days and weeks to come, and we'll do this on each conference day, kind of break down <clears throat> how the classes played out in details within each class of the players and grade the players for you, tell you more and more about them. We'll continue the transfer information, but we're also going to consistently bring you some news uh, as it relates to players and their draft status and how they look. I know there's a lot of interest in that. We keep that and we'll keep that mostly for the NFL podcast, which, by the way, 
you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday now. Uh, but, you know, we think that, um, you know, that's something that we, we can talk a little bit about here. And I did want to mention that, you know, in some work on J.K. Dobbins, I think he's very underrated as a player. Um, but he had 31 runs of 15-plus yards. That were the top among these draft-eligible running backs this year. And just slightly over Jonathan Taylor. So it's got a little Big Ten flavor here. Taylor finished with 30 runs of 15 yards or more this past season. Um, it really impressive. So 31 and 30, big-time, big playability. We've talked about Josh Ushie's versatility as an edge rusher and as a tweener. Uh, he's a guy that I definitely got my eye out on. I think particularly for three, four teams, he can be really effective. Uh, but again, reminder that as we go forward, uh, on the website, in addition to all the recruiting information and the recaps, you're going to be noticing um, for you pro fans, free agent uh, rankings, uh, scouting reports on the top free agents available. We're going to have that for you. And then, obviously, as we get towards the combine, we get kind of free agency underway, and you're going to follow in our notebooks every day. Our college notebooks and our NFL notebooks will keep you up to date. All the transfer information, all the 2021 recruiting information, all of that. Uh, it's also where you're going to get all the draft information, all the free agent information. And then we're going to get into our draft boards. And so you're going to have all the scouting reports and draft boards. So you want to check it all out at LandryFootball.com and take advantage of that 50% discount for our scouting season offer right there on the front page of the website. So we've got a lot coming up for you. Um, certainly on um, Thursday, we're going to have a bit of a recap nationally of how things looked in recruiting. And, yes, we're going to, in the national segment, kind of tell you how things shaped up in each conference. Um, and then we're obviously in the Big 12 segment, as it just falls in the calendar, we'll get into a little bit of the details and the minutia of the Big 12. And then, obviously, Pac-12 on Friday. And, and certainly, we're going to give everybody, they're just doing the detailed recaps. Between LandryFootball.com and, obviously, this podcast, we're going to keep you abreast of everything going on uh, around uh, college football, recruiting, and certainly a deep dive into your league on the day that we do it. So we are going to make sure, as it worked out today, the biggest news in college football was Mark D'Antonio stepping down. Uh, it happens to be Big Ten. But if this was ACC or SEC or Pac-12 or Big 12 day, that would have headlined what we did on the top of the show. And that's what you can get each and every day here headlines of what's going on around the world of college football uh, and answer your questions and then get into the deep dive into the conference of the day. So join us tomorrow for Big 12 football and beyond as we wrap up college football recruiting on a national level and take you all the way through uh, in some details about the latest of happenings of this past week in the Big 12. Appreciate you joining us. Spread the word. Check out the great folks at 401k Generation, will you? Give them a call or a text at 1-866-998-5879. Tell them the great folks at LandryFootball.com sent you. And sign up for this podcast as well as our Pro Football Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday 
uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, sign up for Landry Football's Conference Call. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. 